Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to Soul Coffee. I'm your host, Dr. Jamal Fruster, tuning in from Tucson, Arizona, where each week I bring in potent guests where in conversation we extract lessons, principles, experiences that are designed to caffeinate your life at a soul level and gift you the inspiration and tools that powerfully transform your life. The brew is ready. Come take a sip. Philosophy walks. One of my favorite things on a weekly basis. Michael Tucker is a beast. He's a grounded life coach and has revealed a lot to me in the walks just at 6 a.m. Thursdays. And it's one of my favorite things as it helps allow for a lot of processing of thought, of emotion, of just checking in with perspective to make sure, you know, we can be of both be of support. And I'll say it's great to have a black man here in Tucson as we're a dime a dozen, quite literally. And it's important for me, at least, to be able to have someone that, yes, that my cells are vibrating like, but it's just really powerful to have an older black man. Not that he's old, old, uh, but he's, he's older than me, and that's very important. I really value his mentorship, his guidance, his leadership in all ways, shapes, and forms, and the leadership of his facilitation of other leaders. Uh, so without further ado, welcome, Michael. It's good to have you, bro. Thank you, brother. And I appreciate those warm words of acknowledgement. And uh, I appreciate the fact that you're doing this show and how you're showing up powerfully um, and bringing the energy that the young voice really has to the world because the, the kind of love that you expressed in the work that you do and the kind of love that you expressed, heck, even in those philosophy walks and just how you live your life is an inspiration to me. And um, it just, uh, it touches me, man. And so I'm really excited to be here. And uh, I think uh, our viewers and our listeners are ready for a conversation. Yeah, let's give them some love. Hey, I love y'all. Let's let's, let's (laughs) caffeinate their souls. All right. So this last philosophy walk, we had this potent topic drop in. And I think this will set the stage for things. But is your pain is your work. Yeah. Your pain is your work. Now, what's important to be able to appreciate this as Michael is a life coach and he helps people facilitate themselves ultimately and then impact the others around them, which is what I love because I feel like he's doing what I do as a chiropractor, which I've said this with my mentorship clients in the past when it comes to coaching. It's like, I'm a chiropractor for your mind and soul. But my intention with chiropractic is to help people heal physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually so that way they can ultimately impact those that are around them in a more potent way, in a more present way, in a more powerful way. So it's like a domino effect. Michael's having that effect right now at a very powerful way. And I'm just curious, man, who is Michael Tucker and why? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the simple way I answer that question is I'm a creator. I mean, I think that's where we all... That's, that's where I believe we all start with. And so the question is, what are you creating? What have I created? And so, so far, what I've been able to create with my life, um, <laughs> I grew up in a small town, man. I'm a country boy. I grew up in South Carolina, a little town called Hopkins. And uh, from there, uh, ended up going to the University of South Carolina, uh, spending four years with Uncle Sam in the Air Force. Um, I was a young officer, uh, led a lot of uh, young men and women through some of the most difficult times of their lives. Mm. And um, after leaving that, I decided that uh, I want to become an entrepreneur. And so I ran a marketing company for eight years. Uh, and then after my mom passed in 2014, um, 
I decided that I needed to like really tap in and, and do um, not only deeper work um, with myself, but I wanted to do deeper work with others. Um, and so mm. that led me into um, to life coaching and then to where I am today, which is more of executive coaching. And so, I mean, nice. executive coaching is just, I mean, it's a fancy word, but underneath it all, it is life coaching because you're dealing with how people be but in, in this particular situation, you're looking at how they be and how they show up in their work environment. Mm. So that's where that's that's my journey. And that's where I am today. I love it. And this I mean, I appreciate the reflection that it is executive coaching. And why do you think it's important that executives, that leaders and that human beings heal? Wow. Um, <laughs> because how you do anything is how you do everything. Ooh. How you do anything is how you do everything. And so if you show up in your work environment and you are reeling from the night before because of situations at home or you don't feel there's a degree of psychological safety um, there at your work or you are um, you're second guessing yourself, you're second guessing your leadership ability. Then that's going to show up and how you engage the workforce, your direct reports, if you have them, it's gonna show up in how you deliver the product and service uh, to the market. It's gonna show up in the kinds of products and services that you choose mm. to deliver. And whether those products and services are elevating the highest and best of humanity or whether you're just trying to make a buck. It's going, I hear, you're either gonna manipulate people through your products or your expression or you know, try and get them what to do, or you're gonna inspire them. And it comes from what I'm hearing is like a deeper alignment and a deeper clarity and why you're doing what you're doing, but more so once more, why you're being the way that you're being, which is a concept that I really want people to ingrain in themselves and help spread and send their own seeds, you know, and talk about this because we're in a very doing society and that's fucked because we're human beings, we're not human doings. And I think that's why there's a lot of sickness and disease out there in our health, but in our companies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people are going to either... They're going to react or they're going to create. You're doing one or the other and you're going to react in your relationships or you're going to create in your relationships. You're going to react in how you identify and achieve your goals or you're going to be creative in that approach. And so to the degree that we're able to move folks um, into that creative aspect of themselves, that inspirational, that visionary, that connected, that related aspect of who they are, um, the integrated, healed aspect of who they are. And, and, and here's the thing. In coaching, we don't talk a lot about healing. In fact, we don't talk about it at all because it's, it's kind of taboo because that's the domain of the therapist. Uh, yeah, I remember you telling me this. Yeah. And, and, and I, 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 I want to come back to this, but I want to just hit on something for a second because I, I feel like it's important for um, our viewers and our listeners to understand so a lot of times when people think about coaching, they think about it as either a mentor, as a therapist, or, in, or they don't even really know what coaching is. But I just want to like lay this out. Uh, a mentor is someone who's sharing information with you based on their past. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, I've been doing this for 20 years. This is how I think you ought to do it based on my experience. Therapy is like um, archaeology, right? We're, we're digging up the pain. We're digging up the hurt. We're digging up the trauma uh, so that you can... Uh, get present to it so you can heal. Whereas coaching is, hey, we're doing architecture. 
where, where, what does the future look like for you? Where do you want to go? And let's work backwards so that you move powerfully into that future. And so I think this is important that, um, that folks understand this distinction. And here's the thing, getting back to the healing aspect of it, is it possible that by looking into the future, by setting an intention, by living on purpose, that you could actually um, move into a place where you actually heal pain and you heal trauma? Mm. Yes, you can. I've seen it happen several times. And what happens a lot of times is, even though that's not the focus of the engagement, maybe this individual says, hey, I see what my blocks are, and I might need to go get some help. And they continue moving forward. That's good. I like, as I've been a part of Landmark Forum, um, I've done a lot of different seminars, spaces, and things that will focus so much on the past to allow you to be present so that way you can clear what's uh, here for you in the future, what's there for you in the future. I like, I love that analogy of, it's, it's a, no, it's architecture, baby, we're building but if you want to know how you how you want to build a building, you got to understand the foundation. You got to understand the soil. You got to understand if that's a good place to fucking build. You got to understand the location of that building. So there's so many aspects in that analogy that I love where if you don't examine the ground and you don't examine yourself, well, then, of course, you're not going to be able to put on that energetic jacket as me and Lou say or you know, try that thing on. And, you, you know, you're stepping into that being and then having and then doing versus doing, having, being. Absolutely. Well, and then here's the other thing, too. What's going to happen is you're going to, when we're reactive in our behavior or when, when we're operating out of pain or trauma or suffering or whatever, it creates this reaction to life. And so when we're act, reacting out of that, we might do things that we think are making us be effective. The thing is, though, that effectiveness is only going to um, last for so long. It's not sustainable, Right. So uh, when you're able to address what's going on behind that, by looking at the future a lot of times, right? Because you go back, you turn around like uh, I, it's making me think of uh, what, what the word uh, Sankofa, right? Um, which is to look back, to go forward, right? This is um, one, of the, one of the days of, um, of Kwanzaa, right? Mm. Looking back to go forward. So when you're doing that kind of work and people are, um, I get the chance to facilitate that for folks. It's a really good feeling. Mm. Mm. I feel that. I also think it's important as uh yes, this can still be a coaching realm, but I think it's a really human realm, which uh, we, have, we, we have some good-ass conversations, y'all. There's been a lot of chaos, I'll just say, the last few years, um, and it's it's omnipotent. Like it's infected workplaces, family dinners, holidays, you name it. There's this air of just fear. And in the fear, when people haven't done the work and they haven't looked at their pain, they haven't worked through their pain, they can often project or they can try and focus and try to change their external environment, which is oftentimes the people in their external environment. And one thing that you said, which I freaking love, I've never heard before is like, you know, people don't want to be changed. They want to be loved. That's it. Yeah, they do. They do. So the way I think of the work that I do, and I work with all kinds of leaders. I mean, I work with the Fortune 500, you know, guys and gals, and I work with the, you know, the entrepreneur. Um, I spend a lot of time in that, that middle 
uh, tier working with, you know, directors and VPs and these kinds of things. But um, at the end of the day, when I'm with them, it's really about, in psychology, they call it unconditional positive regard. And um, when, I, when I'm engaging with my clients on the first, first you know, conversation, I was like, look, this is what you can expect from me. You can expect what psychologists call unconditional positive regard. But I don't really like this word because it's not the truth. The truth is what you can expect from me is unconditional love. That's what you can expect from me. And I'm not afraid to say that. And I know that that is not corporate. Um, it's not professional. Yeah. Um, and I notice every time I say that, they just relax. Every single time. This is a no judgment zone. This is about you mm. tapping into your leading edge. And it may mean sometimes looking at... Um, those aspects of your leadership or maybe how, and you've probably been this way since forever. It may look, I mean, looking at some of those things that aren't comfortable, but we're going to do it together and we're going to march forward together to move into the highest and best version of you. Mm. I love that. Cause that sets the table. That's a precursor for safety. Say, like, man, if I could be in a space of just unconditional love, even where if I'm judging myself, even if where I'm hurting myself, I'm punishing myself, I'm shooting myself in the foot you're still there just holding a container of just love. And in that, that's where I'm at mass. That's where quantum healing comes. I was like, when we ground down uh, as chiropractors at the source and a part of Kairos training culture, it always goes back to the be love process. How can I hold this highest image of their health for this person on my table, laying down completely vulnerable? How can I be completely vulnerable when they come in for a, a health history? They're literally telling us their lives. Oftentimes, trauma does surface too. Abuse, neglect, sexual trauma, all these things kind of come out and you see how they're manifesting in these, uh, they're, 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 how they've stored in the body and how they've manifested for so long and for a certain amount of time and how that over time has led to dysfunction in their body. Pain, sickness, migraines, headaches. And it's like, yeah, well, I don't even know why. Uh, and, and they miss it. Some people are conscious to it. Other people aren't, or other people aren't which is okay but it's still just holding them where they're at, how they're at and why they're at and really understanding that. But it all that's the basis I think for evolution and for growth because we're in such a hyper judgmental space in society. And it, it, it's, it's the X factor, it's, it's so important. Yeah, well, you know, I love how, I mean, of course you're, <laughs> you're dealing with people's health and wellness every day. And so I love how you bring that in this conversation because um, so much um, especially over the last couple of years. I mean, I, I think I saw a study today that said uh, something like 81% of people feel um, stressed out at their work. 81%? That's at, a their, at their work. At their work. Every day. Every day. How do you live like this? I don't know. Right? So, we, we, I mean, we, we talk about, we, we talk about, um, and <laughs> we talk about, um, stress and we talk about dis-ease um, and, and where those things come from. If, if you are stressed out, meaning that um, there's a state of mind that is there that is not allowing you to see fully who you are and to see life as it is such that you can be fully present to it, 
that is going to lead to, you know, symptoms of disease and these kinds of things. And so um, my work is really with the mind. My work is really with the heart, is really with the space. Um, and uh, I, I always tell my clients, I say, look, I'm an expert on the coaching process, but you, my friend, are an expert on your life and you're an expert on your vision. Mm. I'm a partner and I walk with you into that future. Mm. Mm. That's good. Yeah. And I, I, it's cool that we can, we can reflect and we can play some ping pong with this because it's like, I, I often tell people, I'm like, I'm not in your body. I was like, I can't tell you what you're experiencing and I will never invalidate you, which I'm here to validate what you're experiencing so that way you can trust your body more. You can trust what you're experiencing more. You can trust what you're feeling more. So that way we can have the more awareness then so that way we can heal it together. Yeah. But it's like when I ask him, it's like, you know, what do you want to experience here? What are your expectations with care? What do you want? What's a healing result you want to feel? And I tell him, like, go all in. If you could experience a healing result that would blow your fucking mind, what would it be? And people are like, oh, I don't know. Well, what do you want to experience? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I could completely get that, right? I could completely get that um, because if there hasn't really been time to think about or space or space to think about, to consider what your life could even be like, if you didn't experience the mental haze, the fog, the frustration, the anger, the tension and the body, if that space has never been there mm. and they show up mm -hmm. and this is the first time someone's ever asked them that question. Yeah. It's going to be really difficult. Yeah. Mm. And I think as human beings, it's, in, it's important at all ages to continue to create space to reflect. And this is why Dr. Danielle's episode is so potent, because in the stillness, that is a space that is a state of mind in which you can receive yeah. energy, intuition, thoughts, whatever it may be. Once more, we're so lost in the distractions, in the doing, in the constant need to just keep moving that we don't ever have a chance to reorganize ourselves unless you intentionally create the awareness and space or you're around people that create that awareness and space for you. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and so much of the work that I'm doing with senior leaders is about helping them create space. I mean, they are going a million miles an hour and they have fires at every, at every turn and they want to delegate, they, they want to trust their team, but it's really hard sometimes. Why? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, well, at the end of the day, um, I could say that there's probably a number of reasons. But the first one that comes to my mind is uh, lack of trust within themselves and their ability. Mm. Another thing that comes to my mind is um, they're just not comfortable dealing with people and the way that people of today want to be dealt with, right? Mm. So, so the, the, the whole work paradigm is shifting, has shifted, is going to continue to shift into a model where um, you're going to have to pay attention to what people are thinking and feeling, and that hasn't been the case in the past. It's been a really hierarchical kind of a thing in the past. You know, you, you have your, you know, the person at the top and then everybody else just does, uh, you know, what that person says. It's very hierarchical leadership. Yes. But the way the, of the world today is more, um, it's more network centric, mm. more teams, 
um, organizations are flatter. They were working on this in the 90s to flatten organizations. Now it's, it's, you know, hey, yeah, I might have a management position. And that really is just a title because at the end of the day, it's how we as a team collectively move together. Mm. And if you're not used to operating from that place and you're reactive in your behavior, well, now you're, you're trying to micromanage people on the team. Because mm. mm. of fear. <laughs> because of fear, right? Now you're, um, you're just, um, you're showing up inauthentically in your meetings, right? So you're, you're saying things like, um, oh, great job, and you really don't mean it. Ugh. Or you don't feel comfortable with your own ideas, so you're stealing other people's ideals and you're taking credit for it. Mm. So these are the kinds of things that show up. But when we begin to, to look deeply into who we are, when we begin to look at what it is to be a leader, when we begin to look at the fact that that starts with self-leadership, when we look at the fact that difficult conversations starts with knowing what's truly going on inside of you first, when we really start to look at things like this, we start to look at what the transition process entails, and oftentimes there's grief there in transition processes, mm, whether mm. you're moving up or moving, you know, laterally or just moving, period, to a different location, right? There's grief there, and there needs to be space made for that. Why? Because if you don't make – here's the thing. If you don't make space for what's going on within you, it's going to come out in a way that you probably had no intention of it coming out. Yeah, that's good. Which brings me to a whole other topic. I mean, the last couple of years uh, with the murder of George Floyd, you're seeing a lot of conversation um, now, and you, you have been around diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's a conversation. It's a big conversation. Um, it's died down a little bit, you know, now that we're in 2022 and folks are focused on uh, you know, this war in Ukraine and Russia, and you got this uh, massive amounts of inflation, but it is still a conversation that's occurring. And the thing is, you cannot um, honor someone's diversity if you're not present to the fact that all of us are diverse. We're all indigenous to this planet. And we all show up differently. And this is not to ignore the fact that um, there, there have been uh, groups of individuals who've mistreated other groups of individuals, and there's still pain and there's suffering there. And, and yes, healing needs to take place, but there needs to be space and intention around that conversation. And so one of the things that I'm doing right now with um, the Arizona chapter of the International Coaching Federation is we've created a committee called the Wellness wholeness and cultural competency committee that is designed to allow coaches, regardless of what their race or their background is, to be present to what's going on inside of them. We're creating experiences, we're creating opportunities for them to gain presence to what's going on inside of them as it relates specifically to this conversation called race, which that's a whole other topic. Right. Um, but allowing them to do their inner work, we're creating space for them to do their inner work. So when they show up, with a client who maybe looks or sounds different than what they're accustomed to, and that triggers them because of something that they say or something that they do, they have the inner resources to show up powerfully and authentically and truthfully in that experience. 
and not just react. I'm curious. With uh, your awareness as a black man, diversity, equity, inclusion, and almost like, because uh, it is charged. It is charging. Like, there is emotion. Like, around George, like, oh, man, I remember when I first saw like, the fact that there was a fucking video and you could actually view this man's death happening. Tore my fucking heart out of my chest. And I was sobbing and weeping and just like, damn, not another one. And I had a conversation. I love this man. His name is Dr. Kevin Malone. Um, he was my roommate for a bit, and he's from Ohio, he's from Ohio. And he said his words. He's like six foot six, two seventy. He was like all American wrestler essentially. And he was holding space for me, like walking with me. And uh, you know, I've heard a few of my white friends say this before. He's like, you know, I'm really efforting. I want to understand. He's like, help me. He's like, because I I never see color. And then my response is like, you never had to. And this idea of race, what have you seen or how, how can people navigate the charged emotions or um, the concept of race or we were talking earlier, you know, even in the pre-chat and yesterday and, um, you know, trying to force one's perspective on another. What are keys in navigating this, this complex issue that's historically in this nation has had so much emotion? Yeah, well, I, I think it's important to First and foremost, start with the fact, and this is a fact, that the idea of race is a made-up construct. Love it. Okay? So this was something that was created in uh, the 1500s, okay? And just like anything else that we create, if enough people agree with it and move in alignment with it, it becomes a fact and it becomes truth, right? And so now, that being said... Some people took that made-up construct and they moved into a reality where they were harmful, right? Particularly uh, Europeans that came here of a fair complexion they, they, and have done this throughout the world. They've, they've done some things that were harmful for folks. On the other hand, you have people of color, black people, indigenous people, native people who've experienced that. There is pain on both sides. You cannot treat people inhumanity, inhumanely and just be okay. And that stuff comes down through the generations, right? And so there's pain there, whether if, if you are white and you say that they're, oh, I, you know, I just had a great life and, and you know, you know I, I, I don't even see like why this is an issue. What that tells me is that what that tells me is that you're not looking hard enough at yourself. You haven't spent enough time with yourself. On the other hand, if you are a person of color and you have experienced pain or your ancestors have experienced pain, what I've found is that obviously we're a lot more vocal about those things, <laughs> right? But here, here is the work that we get to do. This is where our work is right here for us, right? So it's not to excuse it. It's not to say what did or didn't happen. But this is your growth edge. This is your healing edge. This is your responsibility to heal and transform, just as it is for this group over here to heal and transform. 
nobody gets out of this thing without healing and transformation. And, and see, here's the thing. What's, what's been happening is we have come up with all of these programs and all of these initiatives. And what we've been trying to do is we've been trying to skip the real inner work of healing, right? To, to ignore what has been going on behind the scenes. And that's why everybody manipulates this whole situation, this country. You know, they talk about, oh, Russia and China and everybody. They know what's going on over here. And yeah, there are people that, you know, if they want to run an ad campaign to make one group go against the other or what have you, they could do those things. But that's, but that's because we haven't owned up to our responsibility to do our healing, regardless of who you are. Right? And so when I think about um, transformation, when I think about moving out of a situation where we are dominated um, by every single event, like we're emotionally manipulated and dominated by every single racial event that happens in this country. We are, as sure. a collective. You know, something happens. You know, we just recently had this shooting uh, in, in uh, Buffalo, New York, and a few others after that. Yeah. Right? So because people are in pain, they haven't dealt with that pain, that stuff maneuvers people into actions, courses of actions that they probably wouldn't ordinarily take. Because they're just trying to get out of pain. They're trying to get out of pain. Mm. They're just trying to get out of pain. And so the, the real opportunity, the work is to be present with who you are, to be present with who your ancestors were. Acknowledge that. Do the healing work associated with it and then live your life based on an integrated whole version of yourself. That's clear. That can see and respond potently. That can create. Oh, this is good. Biologically, the human body, all cells are either in a state of defense or in a state of health and healing. A state of vigilance or a state of uh, state of vigilance, a state of stress, fight, fight or freeze, or everything's able to actually help and be cohesive. You can't be a cell can't be in a state of growth and in a state of defense at the same time. Yeah. All cells typically are responding harmonic or harmonically with the brain, which then can then help influence our perception how we choose to respond. So what when you're able to move into and move through back into a state of creation, you'll be able to shed a lot of the weight and the pain and the emotions and the lack of clarity, lack of responsiveness. Because when you're in that stressed state of flight, fight, or freeze, well, then you then can't create, quite literally, because energetically, your blood has shifted from your reproductive organs and all of your internal organs, essentially, into your muscles, so that way you can move and you're not actually, you're literally not biologically set to create. Yeah. And I imagine that translates into the mind as well, because then it tunnel visions into how, what do I need to do to get out of here? What do I need to do to get out of pain? What do I need to kind of like a, I just picture like an animal just trapped. But the thing is you put the trap on your, on your mind or you haven't unlocked it. Yeah. It's due to our perception. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's easy to stay in a trap when everybody around you is in the trap. Ooh, that's and, big. 
and you're the one doing the work and everyone thinks there's something wrong with you. Yes. Right. So, and, and I've, I've seen this and a lot, and a lot, in a lot of different ways. So, um, I would suggest if your soul is calling you to do this work around your culture, your heritage, your people, I'd invite you to really just move into it. What's an indicator that your soul is calling on you to do this work? It keeps showing up for you. That's good. It keeps showing up for you. You're triggered. You're probably triggered by this shirt right here, right? There's. Thanks as black CEO, baby. Nice and proud. Yeah. Large. Yeah. If, if, if that triggers you, that's an indicator that there's work for you to do. That's good. This is going back to one of the first episodes with uh, Marianne Massar Blair. The trigger is the teacher. That's and, right. And I love this. This came through when you were speaking. People want to get out of pain. We're inviting you. Get into pain. Go, yeah. in, go into the pain. Go into it, but don't camp out there. Don't stay there. For, for, for longer than you need to. Right. Because here's the thing. There's wisdom in the pain. There's wisdom in the pain. And <laughs> the beautiful thing about this is that when we grab a hold of that wisdom, transformation is available for us. And transformation can be uncomfortable because it challenges the self-concept. Who are you if you know are, are no longer this person that's in this pain and in this suffering? Mm, challenging the self-concept. Yeah. Because all people who know and may identify with is their pain. In many cases, yes. In many cases. Which already goes back full circle. It's like, you know, what do you want to feel? What do you want to heal? Or what would be an amazing healing result? Who would be you if you were to let go of this version of your self-concept? Exactly. Fuck, I don't know. I never created it or I never never had the space. Right. And so there needs to be space for that. Because, going back to leadership, (laughs) you can only go as far... You can only take others as far as you've gone yourself, mm-hmm. right? In terms of insight, mm-hmm. in terms of understanding, mm-hmm. in terms of compassion, mm-hmm. in terms of flexibility, in terms of love, right? So these are kinds of these are these are these are the buzzwords that employees today are really resonating with. And if as leaders, one has not done this work along with maybe other pieces of work that are significant. How are you going to lead in in the future when these are the qualities and characteristics that the folks that you're supposed to be leading are calling for? Oh, calling for, they're demanding consciously or unconsciously or whatever. That's what's because that's what's needed to help facilitate the group. Exactly. Exactly. And so if we want to just zoom out here for a second, let's let's zoom way out. Let's get let's get cosmic for a second here, because Right now, what's happening on this planet, <laughs> there, is, there is a requirement of healing mm. Mm. that is expressing itself right now on this planet. Mm. I saw a statistic today that said something like a, a third of the people just like dropped out of their jobs over the last year, like a third. And, wow. it's, and, and, and it's so interesting because when you look at it in the, in the media, it's like, oh, well, we have the great resignation. What's going on? Why won't people work? And these kinds of things. Because at this time, at this season, this point in humanity is requiring something different. It's requiring evolution. It's requiring growth. Or we're going to fucking die. 
as a species, quite literally. No other way around it. There's a way through it, though. There's a way through it. And that's love. That's the way through it. Start by loving yourself, <laughs> making space available for others. If, there's, if there was any coaching message that I could give, I yeah. mean, I could tell you all about the coaching stuff that I read, all this, the, the studies, and, and, and I do a lot of that. You know, it's, it's important for the industry. I mean, I'm a professional, right? So you need to know about the studies and then the, the different methodologies and all these kinds of things. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it all comes back to love. At the end of the day. And so the question is, what do I need to do to create space for loving myself? What do I need to do to be able to, once I've created that space, or while I'm in the process of creating that space, to allow that expression to show up in my relationships, in my work, in my goal achievement, in, the, in my goal selection? Mm. Mm. Right? This, this, is, this is the opportunity that's before us. This is what the planet is calling for right now. It's fucking good. What dropped in for me as you're saying that, as you've said, as we do the healing work, we can then allow our actions and our energy and our intentions to permeate deeper with ourselves first and foremost, and then with each other, yes? Yes, absolutely. So I've said an analogy in the past, we are one body. That is the human body, the seven and a half, eight billion of us. We, there's a concept in Kairos training culture and in chiropractic, when the body is in a state of ease, and this is an MLS too, when the body's in a state of ease, the adjustment will actually permeate and you'll see it ripple through the whole body, from the neck, from the low back, whatever. It's going to ripple through the whole spine and the whole body's going to feel it. And the whole body's going to change because quite literally the brain is waking up to more of itself in which the areas of it were locked prior to. As we do the work, we send an adjustment of intention. You could even just say of just love that will permeate to every single cell that's in your local domain that will then reach the arm, if you will. Say so the United States, I don't know, is the arm. It's going to reach all of humanity because it's coming from a space of love and it's going to impact things in a, in a global way. We're all connected via the field energetically. We are. And... I, I want to just touch on this word love because I, I think that maybe there it's easy to have misunderstandings about that word because it's been used to manipulate people. Oh, yes. Right. And so when I when I'm talking about love, I'm not necessarily talking about a just a warm, touchy, you know, oh, kumbaya kind of feeling. I'm not talking about that. I'm, t I'm talking about a way of being that is authentic that lives inside of truth, that lives inside of justice, that lives inside of accountability, that lives inside of integrity, right? So these are, these are all ways that I show up when I'm living in love. And if I'm not showing up this way in my life, in my relationships, then I'm not living in that, period, in a discussion. And the beauty is, if you know, well, knowing is half the battle and you get to go do your work to discover what's preventing that for you. Mm, from accessing love. Absolutely. We just talked about this with, with Dr. Brett. It's like love is a vibration. It's a frequency that you can tune into. 
lot of people are so tuned in or turned off, they don't have the capacity and they just haven't stumbled upon that radio station in for so long or maybe ever in their lives that as you clear and do the work, you literally, it's like almost like, you t I, I see this concept like, I don't know, turn to love, 99.9. <laughs> but it actually, it expands from like 99.0 maybe to 100 or 95.0 to 100, 105.0. You know what I mean? Like it expands the capacity for love. So that way you're just tuning into more of what is, but you're helping yourself being able to just be that more. And I love that you mentioned that love is, has been used to manipulate things and just add some confusion because Brett talked about this. When you're confused, you don't know how to move and it's a distraction. And then you just look for all the things outside of you versus all the things inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I shared a post this morning on LinkedIn and in this post, what it talks about, it said that um, in this survey that was done by Gardner, that uh, CEOs top three concerns right now, their top three concerns for 2022 and 23. Number one is growth. Number two is technology. And number three are their workers, the workforce. Now, going back to what you're saying here, If there's not deep connection and there's not psychological safety and there's not an appreciation of the workforce, mm. I can promise you growth and technology won't matter. No. No. They won't matter. Nope. And so until the people... Um, it's it, it's let me back up here because here, going back to what you were saying you're talking about looking outside and and that's that's again that's another perfect example that's another way that you know that there's there's an opportunity for some work within you are you looking outside of yourself are you looking outside of your organization are you looking for a new technique are you looking to bring in uh some new training program in order to get people to conform in order to mm. perform Mm. Or are you looking to develop leaders that are transformative in nature and are of service on the planet? Yes. Is, is that the role of your organization? And until that becomes the role and the intention, the highest intention of your organization, it's just going to be the same old, same old. It's just, it'll just be the same old, right? Boom and bust in the economy. People not want to go to work. Our friend Gerard Adams has a whole company founded upon, founded upon heart-centered leadership. And I also think of Simon Sinek. He did, a, he did a, a TED Talk, and he talked about how safety is absent in the workplace or in the workforce because there's just so much like a revolving door that if people don't feel safe, why the fuck would they? You're limiting how much expression that they want to invest in the company, and they're investing their energy, and they're investing their being. If there's not this, this element of, I like that you keep saying psychological safety, or the safety net for people to just be however they may be without that fear that they're going to get replaced or they're not enough or then it becomes a competition and then the the culture eats itself out yeah and people are in competition with technology like my dad i love that man um but he still refuses like at the grocery store to go to the fucking like uh automated like <laughs> automated like a uh, checkout thing because he's like that's someone's job and that's profound because that is someone's job and i forget who said it but 
human beings have lost themselves in technology for the speed of how things can develop. And like Dr. Danielle said, growth for the sake of growth is cancer. Mm. That's from her mentor, Tammy Lynn Kent. And when you have a heart-led leader, you have someone that's fucking willing to make a difficult decision or just, I'll just, just say effort in a more aware and conscious way of what are the needs of the individuals, the cells, the workers, have increased communication with them and actually invest in them so that way that they feel seen, heard, felt, respected. Well, then, of course, you're going to get their best work if they feel, I love that you mentioned appreciation as well. I love Dale Carnegie's book. It's like at every core of human being, there is a deep need to be appreciated, to be valuable and to be seen. And if we're not doing that and cultivating that in our experience, which is just, a, it's, it's, it's a very opportune space and time to implement a principle of humanity, which can be the ability of nature, excuse me, of nature to tap into that frequency of love and let that permeate things to then drive production. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny because at that, at that point, you're not driving anything. Right. The production is unfolding. Drives itself. It, 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 it does it itself. Damn. Right. And, and see, that's that's a, a big shift in consciousness. We're moving into a new paradigm of thinking. We're moving into a new paradigm of thinking that that says that the productivity uh, is not productivity doesn't have to be forced. Right. I, I think it was. Um, I'm blinking on the author right now. The book of uh, Power Versus Force. Uh, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. We're moving into, a, we're, we have moved into a society. I keep saying moving, but we've moved there. We've moved into a society where force doesn't really work so much anymore. I mean, it, it works, but for a short period of time, it's not sustainable. It's really about power. Mm. And power these days is when, when folks are free to be who they are and they're free to bring their creativity and their highest and best self to work, yeah, they're going to show up. And so what you're seeing in a lot of organizations now is you're seeing this massive movement towards coaching. They're looking to, they're looking to bring in coaches. They're looking to um, augment their leadership development program with coaches. They're looking to get rid of their leadership development program because what they're needing is they're needing people to move into their leadership in the moment and coaches support that i mean it's it's great it's dynamic to, it is dynamic absolutely that's that's what's going on in the world right now and so when i think about the value that i bring to an organization yeah there's very specific and very clear you know return on investment economic value absolutely without a doubt otherwise i wouldn't be in business however when i think about it going back from that cosmic perspective, the value that I'm bringing to that organization is the fullness of humanity. That's really the value that I'm bringing and supporting people as they integrate into the fullness of who they are so they can deliver, express, be what they were, <laughs> were created to be. That's creators, brother. That's who we are. Curious. If you were to layer in to defining fullness, how would you define it? When I think about fullness, I, I think about it's fullness is our natural state. It's almost hard to put words to it. It's mm -hmm. a it's an energetic, just 
It is our isness. Fullness is our isness. It's our beingness. It's our essence. Mm. And so anything that gets in the way of that, to, that, that limits that, whether it's ways of thinking or ways of holding the world or, or physical constructs or laws and political systems and these kinds of things, anything that gets in the way of that, to me, <laughs> man, it's not going to last long because how many times have you seen a dandelion come through the concrete? That's the nature of life, man. Life is always lifing. So those things can be there for a while, but they're not sustainable, nor are they long-term. That's funny. I hear a dandelion coming through the concrete. The concrete was, the concrete was man-made. Exactly. Dandelion, that's nature, baby. Exactly. Man-made constructs, mentally and physically. They're designed to break down. They're not meant to last forever against the power that has created and will always create and give back to itself that animates this living universe. Yeah. And guess what? We're not separate from that. We're a part of that. We are life. We are lifing. Yeah. We're, we're, we're naturing. We're naturing. We're nature naturing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether we know it or not. And if we're not nature naturing, well, then we're going to get sick of shit until we decide to nature some more. If we ever do, and if not, we will nature some more and we will fucking die sooner <laughs> at an expedited rate versus a, a more prolonged rate if you were in alignment with nature to begin with. And you know what? So that's perfect too. <laughs> it's all perfect. Everything's perfect. Everything's going according to plan. Everything's going as it is or as it needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, I know I feel complete. Is there anything else you'd like to impart with our with our listeners and our viewers when it comes to self leadership in particular? Yeah, I would say to lead, you have to start with love. And you have to start with loving yourself. So if there's any part of you that is wondering um, whether you're worthy, uh, whether you're an imposter, whether um, you're not deserving of an opportunity in any way, shape, or form, if there's any part of that showing up for you, that's an indicator that there's a place that love is seeking to emerge, just like that dandelion and, uh, you know, coming through that concrete. So I would really invite our listeners to look for opportunities where they can love themselves more and to be gentle with themselves and to bring compassion to their lives and the people in their lives. Because those same people that you think are so terrible, they're fighting their own version of the battle that you might be fighting. And so... In loving yourself, in bringing compassion to relationships that are there for you, when that's there, then you can really create from the amazingness that you are. And when you're ready to do that work, I'd like for you to call me because I want to walk with you and partner with you in that journey, the architecture of your highest, most amazing, most creative, best you same battle or similar battle different front or a different battlefield and i love the reminder of uh grace and uh, dr brendan collins bride who will be on soul coffee too 
has really discovered and talked about it more how important it is for forgiveness and really what, what that even means and i think you just demonstrated it really well how can our listeners reach out to you when they find resonance if they want to hit you up yeah absolutely so tuckercoaching.net that's my website um you can find me on linkedin um just uh <laughs> just search for my name michael tucker there's a bunch of us Mm. You really want to get specific, you can type in Mr. Michael Tucker after uh, the LinkedIn. Uh, All right. So, um, yeah, those are two places that you can find me. And um, just uh, let me know you heard, heard about me on the show. And uh, maybe we can do something special together. Yeah. Well, y'all, y'all heard it. Please reach out to this man as I'm really, really excited uh, to obviously continue our philosophy walks. And, you know, and it's nice to be able to bring people in as Michael's the first one that I've brought on Soul Coffee from Tucson, which feels really amazing as I want to be able to feed and nourish and water and sun the community that I'm in and really be able to help expose a lot of the people that have helped me land here in Tucson as Michael is one of the first people that I met here in Tucson, got connected to, had a good conversation with and things just ensued from there. So if you resonate or, you know, anything really just pulls at your heartstrings, you hit this man up or you know, screenshot the podcast at him, whatever it may be, and make sure y'all get your needs met so you can keep creating the architecture of your life. And that is beautiful and that's deluxe and that's delicious and that's baked in love. And that's so important. And of course, y'all, if this resonated, share it with a friend, drop a five-star review, but most importantly, sit with this medicine, sit with this brew, let this coffee seep into you and really caffeinate your soul so that we can go out and transform your life dope ass fun way and of course we will see you next time